So we suggest that they purposely penetrate the deep and dark caves while using fire because they realize that this makes them move to a different state of consciousness. And we suggest that they uh, wished to move to this different state of consciousness in order to get attached with entities at the other world. Holding my head again Making my way through crowded thoughts Sometimes it's hard to get out of it Hey everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. Just want to say hi via video if you're watching via the video or hello on audio. So what does that mean? Well, audio is free to everyone and video is available, available via my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash please blow my mind. Got some uh, yeah hearty supporters who support the podcast and have been for a while. And you can do that by a variety of very simple low cost options. Something like a dollar, no not even that, one coffee a month is about what I ask for. Something like that. Anyway, check out the Patreon page. You're not here <laughs> to be sold. We're here to blow our minds together. And this week's guest does that. Does that multiple times during this podcast for me. Professor Ran Barkai. R-A-N Barkai. Professor Ran Barkai from Israel. And he joins me via the internet um, on a beautiful, you know, for a beautiful conversation about... Look, look, let me just backtrack a little bit. First of all, it is a beautiful conversation about the meaning of life, but I want to go a tiny bit deeper than that. Uh, Ran is a professor in like archaeology and um, and also there's this academic uh, study and, and vigor that comes along with the work that I've observed from Ran. But what's amazing about this podcast is he's like you and I. He wants to sort out where do I fit in the world. And for Ran, it's this journey of traveling backwards and understanding kind of this ancestral way of living, which I think in the modern world now, and I say it often on this podcast, we are we are yearning for. And yearning is the correct word. We're yearning, like reaching for this ancestral for this ancestral infusion because our modern world it keeps letting us down it lets us down in many many ways that that you know i think many of us can't fathom but statistically you can see it you know kind of unhappiness is at all-time highs suicide all of that stuff it's it's in the horrific zone and and so maybe we turn over our shoulder and we look back to the past just a little bit to look um, how our ancestors did things, you know, and 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 where Ran and I go in this conversation is around some of his research into how our ancestors used caves to basically blow their minds, and we get deep into it. It's a real fascinating conversation about um, what happens to your brain when you uh, lack oxygen, and and the kind of psychedelic experience that look. I'll just stop here. I hope that I've uh, encouraged you to check out the rest of the podcast with Professor Ran Barkheim. For now, I want to say thank you to everyone to for for joining the podcast, blowing my mind, 
Uh, thank you to the supporters of the podcast. You blow my mind. Let's get into it. Enjoy this week's episode. Bringing out the fire, bring on all the lightning. Cause I'm looking for a hero, look inside the mirror. I find one. Oh, carry the hurt when it gets too hard. Pick it up, dust it off. When I fall down 11, I get up 12. Don't need nobody else. Yeah, I can save myself. Okay, uh, Professor Barkai joins me all the way from Israel. My friend, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Awesome. Um, Ran, I'm really, I've been excited to talk to you uh, because for some reason your name and your paper popped up on the internet and I started reading this and a picture developed in my mind. It was about these ancient humans um, inside caves and some of the things I was reading was that uh, they became hypoxic or they had a lack of oxygen due to, was it burning the oxygen out with fire? And I was starting to see this picture and I thought to myself, it's so interesting how we don't think of anything like that in the modern world. Yet I'm sure in ancient times, this idea of exploring the mind and the body through breathing, through our surroundings would have been very, very, very important. But Rand, before I ask you about that, can I just ask you about your professor and what is it exactly that you study? Huh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of many, many pieces together. Uh, uh, basically, I'm a prehistoric uh, archaeologist, I'm, I'm doing with with, uh, uh, with, a, with a study of, of early humans and what they left us uh, to study. I'm, I'm doing field work, I'm excavating prehistoric sites, I'm studying stone tools and bones that uh, these are the major leftovers of, of prehistoric humans. And basically, I'm trying to understand what was going on in the, in the past. How did they behave? Uh, why did things change over time? Uh, what were the relationships with the environment? What were the relationships with, with, with the cosmos around them and within the society? So we're trying to understand what was going on in the past mm. by studying the, the, the remains that ancient humans left us. And luckily enough, in the place where I live, there is plenty of remains. So, so people were living here for more than 1.5 million years and left us a lot of evidence. So it's a good place to study early humans. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that. And if you or I were next to those ancient humans, would we be similar? Would we, I mean. Not at all. I mean, I'm kidding. We're, we, we are very similar, but uh, at least in my view, uh, uh, we are not uh, as skilled and as knowledgeable as they were. Mm. So I think that they are a better version of us, or or, or we are we are a less a lesser version of them. At least in my mind, yeah. I I think highly of them. Uh, I think highly of them because I study what they left us. I can see what they what they had to had to had to confront. I see how skillful they were. 
I see how how knowledgeable they were, and mostly I see in evolutionary terms how successful they were. They managed to to sustain themselves on this planet for 1.5 million years, and I'm afraid that this is a thing that we will not be able to do. Mm-hmm. So so I think highly of them, but we are very similar. They they are our ancestors, and we are very similar to them. Although we lost a lot of their knowledge in yes. in my in my in my view, and is that a good place to talk about the paper where you talked about uh, hypoxia? And I guess can you just break that down for us a little bit, like the relationship with ancient humans in the caves and using? Well, again, it's, it is it is it is more complicated than that because it has to do with an with an with an understanding of the relationships between humans and the cosmos. It's not only caves. Uh, uh, as far as we see it, uh, early humans, as well as uh, as indigenous people today, had a very different relationship with the world, with the cosmos, than we have. As far as our as 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 our understanding goes, they uh, uh, had they had relationships, intimate relationships with with every item in 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 the world that they were living in. Uh, uh, they interacted in a complex in a complex way with everything, with stones, with bones, with water, with mountains, you name it. And it was important for them to keep good relationships with everything around in order to maintain world order and well-being. Mm. So caves are only part of the parcel, an important part. Caves, in our understanding, are very similar to mountain peaks. And were conceived as portal to the underworld, as mountains were conceived as portal to the upper world. And it was important for early humans, as for indigenous and non-indigenous people today, like if you wish, uh, even the Maya or the Inca, and and many many cultures had a very strong uh, use of of caves as as portals. To the to the underground, to the lower world, to the to the nether world, and as far as we can say, at least in our opinion, in their mind, the low the 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 lower world was the origin of plenty. It was the origin of everything. Everything that they needed came from the lower world. So, in in our conceptions, they had to keep to maintain their relationships with the entities that. That inhibit the lower world. These entities are in charge of supplying all the goods that humans uh, need, and this is why, at least in in our view, humans had special relationships with caves throughout time. And in in some periods of times, mostly in periods of stress, uh, uh, human actions in in cave took uh, took a significant meaning. And one of the major well-known phenomenon is what is called cave art in Western Europe. I mean, these uh, 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 deep, dark caves, which were, were, were a place where early humans made these beautiful uh, uh, paintings, sculpturing, all kinds of these activities. So in general, we are interested in human relationships with the cosmos. And this was a very significant period in time 
where there seems to be a kind of a peak with 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 human intentionality of going inside very deep and dark caves, getting to the end of the cave. It was significant. Most of this art, I'm not I'm I'm using the word art, but I'm not fond of the use. Many of these depictions were made at the bottom of the cave, at the, at the far end of the cave, where the cave ends. So they it was significant for them to get to the to the end of the cave. Sometimes they had to crawl for hundreds of meters and 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 to make these these depictions there. On another research, uh, uh, me and one of my PhD students, Efit Kedar, are studying the effect of the use of fire on humans, because humans used fire from a certain period, and usually scholars are thinking of the use of fire in positive terms. What fire allowed enabled humans? We are we are studying the effects of fire on human health because it has a major effect, especially when it is used within caves. So, it is well known that in order to, to penetrate this deep, deep and, dark, and dark cave, early humans used torches. So, after studying the effect of, of fire on human health, we realized that there must have been a, an effect of using torches inside deep and dark caves. And this is how all this started by putting together all kinds of lines of evidence and 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 suggesting something new. Wow! And what is is that effect um could one of those effects have been that the further you in were in the cave with the fire fire needs oxygen to breathe so that would have meant what less oxygen and what was that have, maybe that have been doing something to their first, mind first first we made uh, we we made computer simulations of the level of oxygen in uh, in exact replicas of, of Paleolithic caves with, with depictions. We took the measures of the cave and we simulated the use of one torch and they used more than one on the level of oxygen inside deep and dark caves and we showed that uh, the use of torches affect the level of uh, oxygen. The level of uh, oxygen in there decreases to a level which induces uh, hypoxia. And hypoxia is well known from for all kinds of effects it has on humans. Some of the effects include all kinds of, of, of uh, headaches and stresses, but some include euphoria, uh, uh, creativity, and uh, what is called altered states of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So it can lead to, to, to a different state of consciousness. And we suggested that this was done on purpose. So we suggested that humans had special relationships with caves. They hold caves as portals to the underground, but humans most probably experience by trial and error uh, the fact that entering deep and dark caves by the use of fire makes them uh, feel differently and move to a different state of consciousness. And again, we believe that this Alton state of consciousness had to do with, with a term uh, well known as, as shamanism, as a kind of a, of a way to move between worlds and, and move to, to, to different, different states of consciousness. So we suggest that they purposely penetrated deep and dark caves while using fire because they realized that this 
makes them move to a different state of consciousness. And we suggest that they uh, wished to move to this different state of consciousness in order to get attached with entities at the other world. Yes. And we connect this to the, to, the, to the depictions that were made on the walls. And we suggest that these depictions are images that they visioned while, while being in this altered state of consciousness. Just to put a, a long story story. Short. Well, it's such an interesting story, though, because, you know, um, there's lots happening in this space around breathing at the moment. You have people like Wim Hof. Have you heard of Wim Hof? He's the the guy yeah. from, uh, um, where's he from? Norway? No. What? Scandinavia somewhere. And he's doing this breathing technique, which blows out all of your CO2. And then yeah. you hold your breath and you have this euphoric moment. And they're, stu they're studying him as a way to um, control your nervous system. So they injected him with E. coli and he was able to show that he could activate his immune system. And I, I wonder, Ran, if that there's a big missing link. Because if you think of the modern world, things like mental health, we're talking about a crisis, depression, all of these things. And I, I just wonder how important those kind of rituals of, you know, going into the caves and, and connecting with yourself. We're missing well, that in today's world. Some of us miss it. Some of us are practicing it, but, but most humanity missed it, uh, uh, it uh, altogether. Mm. I believe it was practiced uh, even on, on, a, on a daily basis and not only inside caves. I think that this example of, of a cave is only a, a one place where this was practiced uh, to an extreme, extreme, uh, extreme extent. I believe that people in the past, like you suggested, had ways to extend their consciousness in, in, in many, many ways, like uh, drumming, singing, singing, uh, holding their breath, uh, uh, fasting, many, many uh, uh, ways to do that. And I think that they had a more extended consciousness than we had, and they were aware of this extended consciousness. So I believe this was not a ritual, as you say, I think it was part of their life. I mean, I mean, this relationship was on a, on a on a daily basis. They 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 were thinking of this when they woke up in the morning and then and 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 when they went to bed uh, at night. So I'm 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 positive that they practiced out to state of consciousness on a regular basis. I think that this that this phenomenon of cave depictions inside deep and dark caves are an indication of something really different that took place at a very specific time and place. But again, it's an, it's an, it's an, it's, it's an indication of their knowledge, of their, of their capabilities, of their worldview, but it's not the single, the only and single uh, occasion where they practice this disconnectedness with the world. Mm. I don't call it a ritual. I think that they got connected with other worlds that existed in their consciousness, and they did this this way. But I'm sure that that, that they did this while hunting, while sitting in front of the fire. Uh, I think that for them it was not 
a ritual like we perceive it, like we go to work in the morning and we do a, do a ritual in the evening. I think that for them, ritual and mundane practices were very much embedded together. Do you think the modern world is trying to put that mysticism into things like psychedelics? Because I'm hearing a lot about psychedelics as a tool. I've heard people going to Peru and having these experiences. Well, yeah. But I'm wondering yeah. is Well well it's a it's a it's a complicated issue because as you say, psychedelics become very popular. I mean they were very popular in the sixties. They come back and gain popularity today. Uh, uh, again, uh, I see no reason to think that people in the past were not using using psychedelic materials. I'm sure that they did, but again, it was only part of the of of the much varied behavior. And and again, I think it was done. It 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 was it was taken when it was needed. Now they talk now with the modern use use of psychedelic. Many people talk about set and setting. And I think that set and setting were really meaningful in the past as well. I mean, and and this is this is the contrary to what happens today. Today, many people use psychedelics in order to get away from things. I think that they were using psychedelics and other means in entering uh, uh, entering other state of consciousness, not to get away from things, but to get to get connected with with with, with things. So I think it's the it's the other way around. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no uh, uh, there's no argument that that helps that that hallucinogenics uh, uh, makes an effect on the mind mm. and the effect is very similar but but the reason to enter this altered state of 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 consciousness is very different between the past and the present in my opinion and again I believe I I cannot prove it I believe that in the past Entering this other state of consciousness by all kinds of means, uh, drumming, dancing, using psychedelics, uh, entering a deep and dark cave was always done together with an experienced shaman, which knew how to deal with that, which knew how, which knew how, to, how to control it. And it was always done for reasons that, again, were aimed at keeping good relations, good, keeping good, good relations with all the entities in the, in the world and, and maintaining well-being of both humanity and the rest of the cosmos, at least yeah. in my opinion. No, I think it's a good opinion. I think it's as good as any in today's world. You know, I think about some of the technological things that are happening. I know uh, Facebook has changed to Meta and now they're going into virtual reality and I can't help but think that is the absolute opposite of what you're talking about. We're talking about, I mean, is it? Do you think we can get back to a place if virtual reality can help us in an altered state of consciousness or is it a physical thing? No, I think it's the other way around. I think that we need to get more simple and more connected to ourselves than to other means in order to, to find the true, the true meaning of everything. And I don't think the technology will help us as we did. I think the technology helped us getting escape from ourselves. We should get a, a, a better acquainted with ourselves and using a, 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 as much simple means as possible because I think that everything exists 
in our mind and in our heart. And we should connect our mind and our heart and we'll find the answers. I think the answers are within, not outside. Ran, some of the things I've been exploring lately, um, I'm just an everyday person. You know, I have nothing special. I don't think I'm special in any way, but I'm curious. So I have a sauna and I go in that sauna and I try and get very hot. And then I have a pool, just cold water. And I like going, I like how it makes me feel. I like the idea that I'm hot and cold. And sometimes I try slow breathing where I, don't, I feel like I don't get enough air. Other times I do quick breathing. I do lots of, uh, I skip at the moment as a challenge to myself, but I do it holding my breath to see what I feel. And my eyes, my, I'm bouncing and my brain is yeah. starting to have some weird, weird feelings. And I wonder if, um, I wonder if you have any things like this. Have you tested out what it feels like to go without oxygen or to have extra carbon dioxide? No, I haven't. I've been asked this question a lot of times. I, 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 I haven't tried that. And I, I admit I haven't tried even psychedelics in my, in my, in my lifetime. But uh, uh, as far as I can say, I, I feel that the, 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 the connectedness of the elements in my brain are quite elusive and, 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 and I find myself uh, uh, traveling in my thinking by, by using very simple methods like, 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 like walking for long walks with my dog or, or just sitting outside in the landscape and it makes me, I mean, they call it daydream. And and daydream is 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 not very different than nightdream. It's it's a different state of consciousness. So so I find myself uh, uh, flying in my in my thinking by 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 doing all kind of 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 things that makes me feel good. I love that. And, and I haven't tried anything more radical than that. And and I think I want. I mean I mean I I find I. When I when I read experience of people who have experienced all kinds of altered state of consciousness, I feel very much the same uh, by my experience without using any of these. So so maybe it's not one hundred percent the same, but I feel close in my feeling and and, and experience to that without uh, uh, getting hypoxia, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And um... and, and if you would follow my writing. Uh, I think that I'm, I'm, if I can say about myself, I've been rather creative throughout the years. So I think that this creativity also has to do with the way that my brain is structured. And maybe it is structured in a, in a, in a way that allows me to be a little bit more uh, uh, flying around or anything <laughs> like that. I love that. Uh, Ren, have you always been curious and interested in this kind of thing like how did you get into studying and becoming in academia well it's a, it's a there's no there's no good answer uh, i was just following my heart i mean this is what i tell the students this is what i tell my daughters uh, i was i was five years in the in the israel in the israel defense force i was an officer and i liked it a lot but then I decided that I want to do something else. Uh, I always knew that I would. I, I was all. I was. I was all. I was. I was always curious. I was always. Uh, I always loved being outside. I always loved playing with stones and 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 and, and wood and trees and water. And as a matter of fact, I started. I started studying uh, to be a, to be a vet to be a veterinarian. 
and I didn't like it. And, and I decided to stop after one semester. And then I just came to my parents and told them that I, that I decided to study archaeology. They were shocked. I don't know why, because I was always interested in, in history and the past and I was reading books. So I decided to come and study archaeology. But the main reason I came to study archaeology was about the pyramids of Egypt. I was fascinated by the pyramids of Egypt and all the culture of Egypt and so on. And I went there by myself. I took a bus once. It was possible to take a bus from Tel Aviv to Cairo. Wow. So I took a bus for, to Cairo all by myself. I went to see... I, I went to see the pyramids. I was fascinated. And I came to study archaeology because of the pyramids. And I studied all kinds of things in archaeology. But once I entered a class called Stone Tool Technology and Typology, and I, and I touched the stone tools, it was clear to me that this is what I want to do. I mean, I, mean, I, I, have, I have a special connection with, with stones. And, and, and I can understand stones very well. Uh, I like them. I like the touch. I like the feeling. I like... So, so without any, I didn't know that this is what I'm going to do. But once I was, I was, I was, I was acquainted with with stone tools. It was clear to me that this is what I want to do. That's and amazing. This is what I'm still doing, and I'm, I'm, if you come once to Israel and I show you the, the the very nice stone tools. By the way, you have very nice stone tools in New Zealand mm. uh, as well by the Maoris and so on. Yes. And it's very similar all over the place. Mm. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was small world. Then uh, people got attached to to everything. Stone tools were always meaningful, and 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 the same here. So for mm. me, once it was, it was mostly essential it, it thing. It was not only it was not only only only. Only intellectual. So once I, I got to the stone tools, it was clear to me also by, by sense and feeling and, my, and, 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 and all other aspects that this is what, what I'm, I like. It's amazing. And it makes me feel so connected to you because I've heard stories recently about um, some of the people in the Pacific Islands, they would hold big stones and they would sink to the bottom of the ocean and, and again, holding their breath. And I, I was always thinking, why? Why are they doing that? And then I realized that the carbon dioxide was rising in their body and there was a stress to that. And that if you could control your stress and not panic, you were becoming stronger. You were becoming uh, more connected. And I like that idea. I like that idea. Sometimes I do it in my little pool. I, it, I sink to the bottom. Was this, is this published anywhere or, or uh, on the internet? Or? I, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've asked yeah. one friend who knows somebody who knows somebody. Yeah. But, no, but, but, you know, all over the globe, people are really attached to, to stones. Mm. Stones are really significant. I mean, I mean, if you go to, to Mecca, you know Mecca? The holy place of the Muslims. Mm. In Mecca, there is there is a thing called called Kaaba. It's a black stone that that is believed brought by by Muhammad. So this is the most holy place. Mm. At our most holy place, uh, uh, where the temple used to be, there is a big stone. Stones were always significant. They were always held as symbols of power, strength, durability. Uh, uh, stones are believed to be the most ancient elements on earth. 
So they believe to have wisdom of the earth and so on. So, so, and it makes you feel good just holding them in the hands. Yes. So, yes. It's a combination of, of, it's a combination of everything. That's right. And I mean, you talked about the pyramids. That's probably the most beautiful example of, uh, not the, the most, but one of these. I mean, you have Stonehenge, you have, you have pyramids all over the place. Mm. Stones and megaliths and big stones were, were, and small stones were always significant and, and people got attached to them and they had special, they had special, a kind of special, special significance yes. to humans. Yeah. And, I have been. But, but, but this happens even today. If you will follow the work, there is a well-known artist called Marina called, called Marina Abramovich. I don't know if you if you heard in in the last years. I'll send you a link to one of her works. She found crystals as a major element, and she used crystals in her work. And she displays crystals in museums, and people come and get attached to the crystals, and they cannot move away from them. Wow. It's a very powerful meme. So, so it's really interesting. Um, I have to ask you. You have um, we're talking about the uh, pyramids, and for some reason, the last week I've been watching a lot of that stuff on YouTube. One of the things that keeps coming up is how they were built. Right? Do you have any insights that you can share with a man from New Zealand? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> I didn't get into that. But again, uh, my basic insight is that early humans were much more skillful and knowledgeable than we are. And, and, and this is the fact. They were managed to do things that we cannot, cannot understand even now with our modern technology, how it works. So, so I wouldn't be surprised. I keep finding that, that reality goes beyond imagination. Mm. So I think that our imagination now cannot even get closer to what reality was like in the past. And, and again, things speaks for themselves. Ran, are you hopeful? Are you hopeful for humanity from all you know? Is there a way we get back to including more of these ancient ways of living? Or is humanity just going forward? Just, you know, more cell phones, more internet. What's your thoughts? Well, I rather not, not think about that. I mean, I mean, uh, I rather deal with the past, the past <laughs> yeah, okay. and, and, and fascinating, and we can learn a lot from the past. Mm. But we, but we refuse to do that. Mm. I think that 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 I think that the key word that I'm using is respect. I think that people in the past were respectful towards everything, towards other humans, towards other entities, towards stone, towards trees. Towards, if we will learn to be respectful, there's hope. Mm. But until we are respectful towards everything, I'm afraid the situation will stay the same. Yeah, yeah. I'm just letting that sink in because that, you know, it's hard. There's so many um, influences on modern worlds. You know, we've got movies that tell us how to feel about the world and the good person versus the bad person. But when when you've studied ancient humans, Ren, who do you think they were connecting with? Do you think people, or do you think people, when they are in these altered state of consciousness, are they connecting to a god, to life in other planets, in their own mind, or everything? 
Well, it's a, it's a, I don't have a good, a good answer for that because uh, uh, I truly believe that, that uh, uh, expanding the consciousness um, in the modern world is not similar to what was going on in the past. And I think that in, in their conception, in their view, there were different worlds that they were in touch with that existed in parallel. They were, there are entities that are called by, uh, by indigenous societies for, for a matter of, uh, for example, there is an entity which is called the master of animals, an entity which is in charge of, of, an, of an animals, an entity which is in charge of the trees and so on. And I really don't know, but again, I think that in, in their conceptions, and maybe in reality that we are not able to comprehend, there are different facets of the world that they were attached to it, and we are not. We are attached only to the here and now world, while it might be possible that the other worlds do exist even as we speak, but we have no connection with them, with these worlds. And in my opinion, they had a more extended consciousness than we, and they were in contact with these worlds or, or with these more complex uh, uh, entities. And, and, and I believe I'm saying what I'm saying. Okay, Ren, you've given me a lot to think about in this podcast. My final question to you is we live in a very fast-paced world. You know, the sun goes up, and goes down, but life carries on, the lights turn on, and our minds keep going. If you were to give anyone maybe some advice or some tips on things we may want to think about to help connect us to and have respect for the past, can you can you send us forward into anywhere? Is there any like um, habits or rituals? Rituals maybe not, but um, any tips about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Think, no, no, I think it's very personal. I think it's very personal. I think it is it is extremely important to learn about the past and people in the past. I think it's very important to learn about 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 indigenous people still living today and learning from them. Again, I think that the most important thing is to pay respect. Is to pay respect to everything, be thankful, pay respect. Uh, and 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 try to be a better person. Everyone in his or her way. I don't see. I mean, I mean. I think it is as simple as that. Again, as I told you, I think that everything is within our heart and our mind, and we should get not get away from that, but get attached to that. I think that all the all the technological means that you are mentioning uh, were made to 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 enable people. People to escape themselves. We shouldn't try to escape ourselves. We should try to get connected with ourselves mm. as much as possible. At least this is what I'm trying to do. No, it sounds very wise. And I thank you for saying that because it. I think it can be easily forgotten. We are trying to escape and it's very easy to escape. And the challenge is to reconnect. Um, Absolutely. All you need is to have Netflix and you can escape. Yeah, as yeah. Much as and, like. Well, and there's an algorithm trying to make you escape, and that's really scary if you think about it. And you have to break that. And you know, I, I, I think, I yeah. So I think, 
I think all people need is peace and quiet. Mm. But this is what is most lacking. That's right. That's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about. Um, Ran, where can people follow your work if they wish to follow your research? With pleasure. I mean, they can send me an email or, or follow my my, uh, my academic work at, at, at portals like uh, Academia or ResearchGate or just send me an email and I'll be happy to, to share the work. Some of the works are published in all kinds of of, uh, of popular science uh, uh, portals. You can just write my name and, and follow up. Awesome. Thank you so much for chatting to a strange person from the other side of the world. I'm not I'm not on Facebook or Twitter or any of like that. I don't have a smartphone. <laughs> I'm just using my email. We can Most find time. you we can find you in the cave. Easily, yeah. <laughs> Holding my head again Making my way through crowded thoughts Sometimes it's hard to get out of it Broke my heart in the dark I was just trying to feel something Falling asleep to the sound of it Always used to let you clean up the messes Down on my knees, thought I couldn't stand up on my own Turns out sometimes you're stronger alone Bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on all the lightning Cause I'm looking for a hero, look inside the mirror I find one, oh Carry the hurt when it gets too hard Pick it up, dust it off When I fall down 11, I get up 12 Don't need nobody else Yeah, I can save myself Got burned, but I learned Our scars make us who we are Now I'm 10 feet tall over my demons Remind me no one's got me like myself Yeah, I love me without any help I'm the best thing to believe in So I'm bringing out the fight, yeah Bring on all the lightning Cause I'm looking for a hero Look inside the mirror I find one, oh Carry the hurt when it gets too hard Pick it up, dust it off When I fall down alone But I got a million reasons why I won't Cause this heavy is a season And the sun is always right behind the storm